0: Welcome to the Thoughts on Purpose podcast. My name's Nash Mackey. It's an absolute honor to have your company here today. I create these interviews for you. I want to see you win. I want to add value in your life. And so not only do I hope to bring you the best guests and ask them the best questions, but I actually want to take that a step further above and beyond just listening to these interviews. I want to actually offer you the opportunity to be part of these interviews. And the way you do that is head over to IamNashMackie.com, subscribe, subscribe, And you'll be notified before I interview my future guests. And you get the opportunity to send your questions in. And I ask them to our amazing guests on your behalf. So that's just a a gift I wanted to offer you to fuel you on your journey. I feel very privileged to connect with these people. So I wanted to extend that to you. And while you're there, book in a one-on-one free strategy call with me. And I want to sit down with you and help you map out your future, help you map out your goals, your vision. And start working on the beliefs, start crafting an identity so you can actually step into the sort of person you need to be to hold the success in the future you really want to create. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. So John Templeton, thank you so much for joining us on the Thoughts on Purpose podcast, brother. It is an absolute honor to have you here, man.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate Uh, you really appreciate your time really appreciate your the work you do your podcast and for even considering to have me here i feel honored thank you
0: so excited to dive into this man there's so many different paths we could take there are some that i think i i would would kick myself if i didn't go down with you Mm -hmm. i've been researching a lot of your content and you talk on a heap of different topics i find like you're very uh you've just got a heap of knowledge on 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 a range of different stuff which is incredible so i'm looking forward to deep diving on this cool on this same but, i'm excited yeah man <laughs> but but let's 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 start at the beginning you were born in australia talk to me about you how, growing up or?
1: i was born in england so i've got my british passport and i lived there till i was 10 my parents mm. split up when i was 2 but when i was 10 my mum she's a moldi she's from new zealand she wanted to move back to new zealand so huh. she had custody we all went to new zealand my dad stayed in england and then from 10 to 27, um, I grew up in New Zealand and, you know, I, I got expelled from school when I was 16. I was not a, um, like I wasn't a bad kid, but I wasn't doing good things and I just okay. definitely didn't didn't enjoy school. Yep. Um, lots of drugs and alcohol. And then uh, when I was 17, I actually talked, I was talking to my dad in England on the phone and I was so high, like so high. And yep. my dad is... Uh, like a saint, morally a saint. And I just felt worlds apart. I was like, you know, what are you doing with your life? You're, you're, you know, taking drugs. You're, you're just a piece of crap, really. And your dad is, and you know, my dad's done a lot for me. Um, ever since my parents split, he's just been there for me. And so I was like, I'm letting my dad down. So then I, 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 in that evening, that very evening, got off the phone to my dad, and like, I'm changing my life like something has to freaking change and the next day I decided to join the army so that was that was the shift from like shithead to okay let's try something different and you know the army provided this incredible platform for me to achieve things there, there was like there was structure there was a system it's like do this course and I've always been driven to be the best like when I took drugs, I wanted to take the most drugs. When I drunk, I wanted to drink more. When I partied, I wanted to last the longest. I wanted to be the cool guy, right? I was yep. driven by being the best. And it's a good trait, but it was just channeled in the wrong area. So Ooh. in the military, I channeled it into that, and I became super fit, healthy, driven. As a soldier, I became a really good soldier. Went on to the reconnaissance and sniper platoon, which is... um it takes a certain type of person. And I had that personality to, you know, to go to that level of, of mm-hmm. soldiering. And uh, after that, I actually became a physical training instructor because my passion was with fitness. Yep. I, I'm just going to give you this this kind of story and then I'll tell you how I got to Australia.
0: Yeah, this <laughs> but, is, cool. this but, is good, this is really good.
1: Um, physical training instructor selection is, is a difficult process. I, I won't go into detail, but I got selected myself and one other person passed my selection. And then you go on to what's called nine months um, of uh, primary training. And that's when we ultimately get our, our civilian certifications, which normally take three years, the military crams them into nine months. So we were studying hard. We were doing up to eight hours of exercise a day. We were just getting smashed to become super fit, good leaders, good speakers Um, And so, you know, after that, you get posted to a unit to to take hundreds of people for physical training. Yeah. And I actually topped that course, which was uh, huge for my confidence. Um, And I got posted to train the special forces, the New Zealand special forces as the junior physical training instructor. Wow. My, I ended my career there. So I was there for a year, ended it in 2010. And how old was I then? 21, 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24. Um, and I, I started my own like um, personal training business. That didn't go well. It failed. I started then. I opened a gym with a couple of other physical trainers. That went really well. We duplicated it. Had two gyms. Now, this takes us forward to 2014. Mm-hmm. And I was competing at CrossFit at quite a high level. I had these two gyms. And I met a girl. Met a girl, right? And mm-hmm. she lived in Australia. So, I, I cyber met her. I and fell in love as you do. And I was like, oh. I wanted to kind of sell my gyms anyway. And all the timing just fell into place. So I sold out of my, I sold my shares in the gym and I moved to Australia. Um, so that was 2014. I was 27 and I've been here sick, just over six years in okay. Australia. So when I came here, I, I had cash. I had, you know, I had a house, um, like a rental property. I was super fit and healthy, dude. And I thought I was crushing it. I was dating this fitness model, this Australian fitness model. I was like, fucking thought I was the man, right? Within three years, all of it was gone. Within three years, everything. And I was 10 kilos lighter. I was in a hospital bed. I was pale as a ghost and I was dying. I was dying, dude. And what really happened over those three years, I, I, in the relationship, I lost myself. I lost my drive, my passion, my purpose, because I tried to look after, I tried to fix and I tried to please this woman. And, um, you know, she had her own stuff going on, uh, chronic depression, anxiety, suicide attempts before I met her while I was with her. And it, 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 it really fucked me up. And you know, I don't blame her at all. In fact, I, she's a blessing. Yeah. I, I let myself down in such a big way. But that was the biggest lesson I have ever received in my life. Cause all that money I sold my gyms for was gone. I'm talking gone. I had to sell my rental property just to keep living. That money disappeared. And I was running And I, I tried to start up an online CrossFit training business. And by this stage it was doing $200 a week, not enough to live on. So I was like supplementing my income with like personal training. Mm-hmm. And that's when I ended up in hospital. I was so stressed, dude. Um, I had warts growing all over my body. They um, o- over fifty blood tests, about twenty stool samples. Plus, I was in hospital for like a week at a time, three weeks. X-rays on my uh, stomach, colonoscopies, endoscopies, everything. And they just said, like, we don't know what this is, dude. Um, have some antibiotics, go home. And so I went home, and I was I was a mess. Um, And then I went to a naturopath. I was like, I need to do something. I went to a naturopath. I couldn't even hold down water. If I tried to drink more than a few sips of water, I would vomit up. Yeah. And the naturopath, the first session, she's just like, are you stressed at the moment? <laughs> and I just said to her, I, was, I broke down crying. And I was just like, you wouldn't, if I told you, like, yeah, I'm really fucking stressed. And so <clears throat> that was my first, that was my first interaction with, how stress can kill you, but I also backtracked it i 'm like, well, why am i stressed okay it 's my environment. Well, why have I let myself get to this environment you know i 've dropped my standards of myself and my expectations, and I followed the chain and that 's when I realized that mindset was everything like health is is a byproduct of a good mindset it's not um, it 's not anything else if people are unhealthy and I don't say that because I know there are lots of people that will hear this and they've been sick and they've had loved ones that have been sick and died. But I truly believe that with the correct mindset, the human body is its own chemist. When we have the right mindset, the right chemicals, the right like frequency vibration that we carry, I truly believe we can heal. And I've seen it firsthand. Like I've seen people um, heal themselves through meditation, through mindset. So, that's my belief systems and I've experienced it firsthand. And what that did was that that inspired me to sort of step into the mindset coaching realm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I'd been a coach in the military. You could say, you know, taking people for training. I'd been a coach um, in the CrossFit world. I'd been like an online co- coach and I coached a few people to a very high level. And you asked me before this interview, like, how long have you been coaching for? And, and mindset coaching, I really, I did my master hypnotherapy. I got certified in December 2017. Mm-hmm. So I brought, yeah, this, this relationship ended and then not long after I did my certification of hypnotherapy. And that's when the transition went from physical coaching with people to mindset coaching. So yeah, when you asked, it's, it's been just over two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's amazing, man. Wow. What a, what a journey, what a journey. And what an incredible gift you can offer people because you got you've had so much experience that you can then tap into. Um, I guess if you hadn't had that low as well, where you had everything together and then you experienced that massive dip, you know, it, it was almost like your, your story was so good. It was just, Ticking all the boxes. It really was. was,
1: Yeah. It It was almost too good to be true. I, um, like a year before I left, I was New Zealand Cleo bachelor of the year. So I had all this media attention and I was doing like modeling. Everything was like, fuck, I couldn't fault my life. But with awareness now, looking back, like what happened needed to happen. Mm. Otherwise I, I would have, I would nowhere near be where I am at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, and sure. I think all of the experiences financially as well gave me a lot of wisdom. I've had people come to my events. I run events um, and the, I remember a man coming in and he's like, we lost $150,000 and he was just, and I was like, when did you lose the money? He's like six years ago. And I'm like, Oh dude, whoa, six yep. years. You could have rebuilt yourself you could be a millionaire by now if you just stopped complaining about what had happened. And and I couldn't stand there and say that to him if I hadn't done it. You know what I mean? I couldn't stand there and really, I could have said it, but I had so much conviction that I I could, you know, I I did. I helped him transform his whole mindset only because I had been through worse, you know? So
0: for sure, man, that is incredible. So I'm curious, we have to go down this path now. You mentioned how you you just pretty much focused so much on the girlfriend you had at the time, to the point where you completely neglected your own needs and your own values. Why do you think you lost sight of that? Because you've been on such a, a powerful path, you'd, you'd set yourself so, so up so well. You know, I spent I some time you in the military. Exactly
1: why? But you know, yeah, 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 you keep going, and then I'll I, I was just saying exactly I spent t- some time
0: in the military, and you know. I actually looked into becoming a PT and I remember the rigorous training that involved, I I didn't end up doing it, but you'd done all that, you know? And what did you say? How old were you when you got out of the military? It was 23, 24, 24. Okay. So you had done all of that and you'd instructed people you'd been on such a good path. And so why, what is, what is the reason behind that sabotage?
1: Okay. So this is, (laughs) so I went, I went, I read a book. I read a book, which I'm sure you've read. Most people have. It's called the power of now by a cart tolly. Mm-hmm. And I read that just before I moved to Australia and I started going, where do my thoughts come from? And I started, I gained awareness on the fact I wasn't me. I wasn't who I thought I was. And you know what? That book really fucked me up. Okay. But, I think when people go through like a spiritual awakening, they do lose themselves in the most, like it's devastating at the time, but it has to happen. It's like a breakdown of the identity and the ego, right? And that, that I was in that place. I was like, well, if I'm not that, who am I? And when I went into this relationship, um, I'd never really had a ton of empathy. I cared for people and I wanted the best of people. But if someone like, in the military, it's like, just fucking do it. Yep. Just get up and go. You're not up to it. Piss off. And then I took that through to my CrossFit coaching. And and I was, I was fun. I was funny. But I was like, I'm not going to fucking cuddle you. Like, get up yeah. and just do it. Otherwise, get out of the gym. And I'd never had empathy. And that book sort of showed that to me. I don't know exactly how or what was said. But I remember just being so empathetic after reading that. That when this girl was suffering, my partner, at the time... I, I put all of her needs first because I had, I, I was like to a degree, this like, almost like Jesus, like I was not there to serve me. I was there at the service of others. And I just took that to quite the extreme. Um, Yeah. Like some of the stuff I did was, was mad. I remember living with a friend. He, he, we were house sitting for him, but he, he came home at times And my my partner at the time and I were building online businesses and she had no idea how to build a website. So I would build her website like during the day, do her online stuff. And then in the evening, I would switch over to my stuff. And so I was getting not much sleep. And and because she had chronic anxiety, she would take up most of the bed and she would, like I know, and if there are women listening, I know you love pillows on your bed, but she had like 30 pillows like surrounding her. And honestly, dude, I had like one foot, to sleep on so I would like creep into bed at like midnight after working on our websites and I would sleep like a fucking sardine in a tin and I like I wouldn't even sleep and if I'm I would be scared to move her I fucked up like fucked up and I remember my friend coming home and he's like dude what are you doing and then my partner would wake up and she would like be angry at me and I'm like I'm like my I'm doing everything for you like I'm spending my money I'm doing everything I can to try and make your life better And yeah, that, that was me just trying to help someone else survive more than myself, like too much more. There's a point, Mm -hmm. um, there's always a balance and I had, I lost the balance and, and that was a, a, you know, a great lesson of like when to be empathetic and when to put your foot down and be like, this isn't
0: okay. Yes. Yes where do you think that came from that drive to please? Because obviously in the military, like you said, you had that thing where it was just like, get it done, get it done, get it done. But then all of a sudden, when you met this woman, what do you think? Yeah,
1: no, I think it's more of a a need to be accepted. I don't like, so that. I think if we followed that belief of like need to please, if we went down the rabbit hole further, I'd say mm. it's driven from a need to be accepted. Okay. Humans have right at a core level. Yes. And when I was in Australia, I had no friends, no family, nothing. It was oh, me yeah. and her. Yeah. And it was like, I believe that's where it would come from. Where m- All of my high achievements um, have always been driven from a need to be accepted at a subconscious level, right? So it's like, mm. I'm just being this person. But if we really was like, well, why do you want to do that? And well, why do you want to do it? And we followed that down. Um, it would come from that. And I remember as a kid, it, when I played football young, like that's that's how I got loved from my parents was by um, like doing well, doing well at sports, being, mm. being the, you know, the kid in the family that would win things. And so I became uber competitive. And I think that same nature drive inside to want to um, – be the best for everyone. And, and that was my way of being accepted into the family into friendship groups. And I would, I would guess if we went down the rabbit hole, same with the relationship, like Mm. I just wanted to, um, do everything I could, you know, for her. So that, so that I was accepted.
0: Wow, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is going to be so valuable for like it's valuable for me hearing that. Like I'm getting so much from that. Thank you for going there. Um, I want to, I want to change gears a little bit now. Uh, cause again, we could go so far in one direction, but what I'd love to talk to you about is you've got a Guinness world record. I deliberately didn't look this up. My wife saw my notes before the, uh, before the interview and she's like, Oh, what's you got a Guinness world record. in?" I said, Oh, I've got no idea. I'll let him tell me that. So <laughs> what have you got? And when did this all come about?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I, th- this is directly related so i broke up with this this girl and i wanted to get me back i was like who am i like w-. and when i was competing at crossfit my favorite exercise in crossfit is a, a muscle up it's a gymnastics Ooh. exercise on the rings it's funny everybody asks me this question like what's the what's the record okay. for <laughs> um and so i wanted to do something all through sport, you always work on the things you're bad at. That's naturally what you do. So you, you know, become a balanced athlete. Mm-hmm. And I never enjoyed that because you're always working at things you didn't enjoy. So I wanted to get my body back. I had lost a lot of weight. I had just, I was, my mojo was gone. My energy was gone. I was like, what can I do? I was like, well, a true champion would probably set a Guinness world record.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So that was your intention as well.
1: Yeah. I was like, I don't want to die and not be the best in the world at something like that's just, that's just part of me. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I know I want to set a Guinness world record um, before I die. And I was like, well, you may as well do it at something you're good at and you enjoy doing. And so I I looked up, I just Googled um, muscle ups, Guinness world record muscle ups. And there was one there, which was 24 hours, as many muscle ups as you can um, on the rings and I love endurance. I love hard work. I love resilience. And so that, and I love ring muscle ups. I was like fucking this one, this has my name on it. Yep. So I applied for it and, um, they don't send you the rules for like six weeks. So I was in the gym And this is the other thing. I was only training once a week for this. So people always ask me and I just did once a week. But what I did for that one session was like quite high intensity and quite a lot. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: um, I started training. So a ring muscle up. You're hanging from the gymnastics rings. Usually you're allowed to like, not in gymnastics, but in CrossFit, you're allowed to swing. It's called a kip. Yes. And pull yourself up over the rings and then push like a ring dip so you go from hanging to like pressed out above it so i started training and i was training for like six weeks doing swinging ones and then the rules came through and it said no they need to be strict you're not allowed to swing no. so you literally have to like pull like it just takes so much more strength Man. roll yeah. through and push and so that was a change and i was like fuck i don't know if i can do this this is outside of my wheelhouse but you know, I'm signed up, and we'll give it a crack. So, man, I trained for. um They give you 12 months to complete it. I trained for 11 months, and then I picked a date. So I I just trained as much as I could, and then I picked a date, and I picked it for like two weeks time. Um, and what I what I underestimated was how hard the admin was. Check this out. So it was definitely the hardest part of the world record. You had I had to have like six judges that had to do two hour stints each and they could rotate twice, but they weren't allowed to know each other and they had to be certified in gymnastics in some way, shape or form. I needed 24 witnesses that could pair up and do like, like staggered um, just witnessing and observing and keep track of the repetitions every time the judge said, yes, it's a good rep. And none of those 24 people were allowed to be associated they weren't allowed to be associated with me and they weren't allowed to be associated with the facility we were doing it in. Man. Try and find 24 people that don't know each other that don't know. Anyway, it it's was like
0: jury duty artwork. or something like
1: that. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Got that sorted. We needed three cameras. So we had to get a home security system to film 24 hours straight. Cause the whole thing it needed. You need media attention. You need all of these things for it to be accepted.
0: Yeah.
1: So that was the hardest part, but yeah, training went, you know, I built up to six hours and when I got to a point where I did six hours like hard and I was like, okay, I just did that. If I slowed down like 25%, but extended the time out to 24 hours, I would, I would get the record. So that yeah. was the point where I was like, I think I can do this. That's where I set the date and yeah, went for it.
0: Man, good effort. I, I tell you what, I don't think I can do one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could <laughs> Oh man, I, I, I am working toward an hour-long ab brace at the moment That's my uh, goal by the end of the year It's a little an bit boring An hour-long Abdominal brace Oh wow right. Yeah, yeah So I'm at about Dude, that's fucking at about freaky 18 minutes at the moment But um, that would be my little achievement for this year So I, I usually give myself a bit of a challenge But yeah
1: Man, I'd say that would be harder than doing muscle-ups
0: Oh, who knows <laughs> One who hour? Knows. It, it gets a bit boring oh, I'll say that much So um, yeah, it's it's using muscles I, I never knew I had. So
1: yeah, I that, bet that's
0: that's my little claim to fame. But yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> I love that. Good luck with that. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. So we we touched on this briefly before about because obviously you know you're an incredible performer, in, in it's demonstrated throughout the entire story or your journey so far. You just explained to us when people hit a limit where they're uh-huh. where they're going all in. They're putting in the work, they're showing up. Mm-hmm. But for some reason they feel like there's, there's a ceiling above them, the glass ceiling. Yeah. We spoke about the client who sent me a message prior to doing this. Um, I was sharing with John that my clients have the opportunity to send messages in to get answered by the guests. And we got asked by one of my clients about what to do. I'm going to read the exact message. So, when you feel like you reach a point and you can't seem to push past and develop any further. So I was wondering if you could speak into that for us, man.
1: Yeah. the, the So depending on who is asking and how specifically they mean a limit is going to depend on the tools that come out of my toolbox to mm. move someone through this. Okay. Or mm. assist someone and guide them through this. Um, any glass ceiling is usually shattered. If it's, if, if we're talking mental, because if it's if it's you know physical or emotional usually mental it's going to come down to a limiting belief there's going to be a belief an internal belief that that person has um, that's holding them back and it's about discovering where that limiting belief is now the fact that this person has said that they what was the words they've used because they've that's that's what they've written is literally i believe a what did, yeah. what did she say? So
0: so when you reach a point and you can't quite seem to push past and develop further.
1: Look, I would just love to meet this person and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Seriously, you can't. <laughs> you can, this would be the military, John, coming out and be like, have you done this? Have you done this? Are you trying hard enough? Have you, have you gone back to your vision mm-hmm. and your why and your purpose? Yes, yes are you actually motivated? Are you, are you procrastinating? Is this even the, the path you want to be following? Mm. They were some things I would play with to start with. And, and if they were like, yes, like I've revised it uh, and I'm, and this limitation, if this limitation then became a feeling like, you know, they, they might be scared to step in. They might be scared to start what she, she does a sport. Doesn't she?
0: Yes. Yeah. Dancing.
1: Okay. You know, is she scared to, to, go onto a stage is she scared to go alone like if it gets to the point where it's a fear and emotion now we're talking because now it's like well what belief is triggering that emotion well I believe if I do that I'm going to be judged or if I do that um you know I, I'm not worthy of that that's another really common one it's like okay cool I would like to say two things. One, when people hit their glass ceiling, I love it because it means they're trying mm-hmm. and most people in life don't hit that ceiling. As soon as they feel a touch of like negative emotional resistance, they're gone. They're out. And it's like, you know what? Piss off. Yeah. For those people that do hit that point where they're like, I'm freaking out here. I love people like that. Cause you are pushing what's possible and, and, and your limitations exist. I'll tell you a story. Like, I've had clients before in the past and they're like, Oh, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not really um, scared or I don't really feel my limitations. And I'm like, well, have you even, you know, athletes, have you even thought about aiming higher? And they're like, Oh no, I couldn't do that. And as soon as they say, no, I couldn't do that. Like that's where we need to work. That's the limitation we need to work on because all of a sudden you start saying, is this possible? And then all of a sudden they go, they, they open up to the idea and then we work them through it and they achieve that first goal. You know, they, they compete at a competition and they get on the podium for example, and they never thought they could. And then you, you talk to them again and you reassess and it's like, well, what about this? And, and what you learn is that it doesn't matter if you're sitting on the couch, just wanting to get started with dancing or get started with a business or get started with something that, um, resistance you have is the exact same as someone who is a professional athlete who wants to like go to the next level, become like the captain of their team. You know what I mean? It's the exact same resistance and the story of like, you know, I'm not good enough for that. Or I'm, I'm not that person. I'm not worthy. And those limiting stories, whether you're on the couch at home or whether you're an Olympic athlete, once you hit that next glass ceiling, that limitation as this, this, you know, this dancer said, let's dive into what, what thoughts, what story you're telling yourself and let's change the story. Let's change the narrative.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. That's absolutely incredible. It's so valuable. So obviously, you know, like you said, you're working with Olympic athletes, special forces, personnel, celebrities, and just, you know, everyone in between what's a common problem you see like, or an overarching problem you see that most people are challenged with in this day and age.
1: Okay. So the high achievers, I'll leave them to afterwards. The people that are not high achieving lack clarity and purpose. Okay. They, they don't know what they want to do with life. That is Uh a really common thing for general public.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Now, how would you define like high achiever and could, could we get into that?
1: Um, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't have a, definition I'd
0: I'd, cool
1: I'd really feel into it and say something along the lines of like someone who's going after their dreams at any Mm. capacity at any level if they're going after it whether it is going after you know a new business they want to start because they they see something in the world they want to have an impact on okay cool to me you're. so you might not be a high achiever but you're moving in the direction of achievement you want to achieve something let's go with that so there are lots of people that just don't want to achieve anything because they're like oh you know they've been conditioned maybe to um and and this is no disrespect whatever your beliefs whatever you choose to do with your life is up to you but if you're lacking passion and purpose and and like fulfillment eh, you might want to look at that i'm just saying so like for a lot of people, it's a lack of clarity, a lack of vision, a lack of purpose. That's a very common problem for the athletes and the, the high achievers and things like that. You know what it normally is, is everything affects everything. Okay. You can write that down. Like everything affects everything. So if you're trying to be a better athlete, it could be like your relationship, your personal intimate relationship could be crumbling and that's holding you back athletically. If you, you know, within your relationship could be crumbling because financially is falling apart. So Mm -hmm. everything's touching everything. And what it's like a deck of, like a house of cards, we can play around on the surface and try and fix the thing that's broken, the symptom. But really it's like, I like to go to the, to the, to the card that's holding this whole thing together and pull that one out. Mm -hmm. And then the whole problem disintegrates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's different for everyone. All I know is that people that are performing at the highest level is, um, we have to look holistically. It's not like, okay, if you're an athlete, okay, let's do more running. Mm -mm, It's never that they will run and run and run. They're they're held back by energetic blocks inside their body. And, and those are again, limiting beliefs. Um, stories they've told themselves and held on to from the past, past trauma from, you know, heartbreak is huge. Someone has their heart broken. You, you know, you make up stories in that time about what happened. If you lose loved ones, if you have health problems, you make up stories and it's those st- negative stories that when you feel into them have a negative connotation, a negative feeling, that's what's blocking high performers going to the next level.
0: mm mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Holistic success because that idea of everything's touching everything is just so true. And you're so right. It's a bit like the young lady I was mentioning before. She's an incredible achiever within her, within her field. She can't do any more work really. Like as far as showing up at the gym goes, but this Mm -hmm. thing, this is, this is that next level. And I love that you've spoken into that
1: yeah you know what? it's the same for everyone it is the same for everyone and i and to oversimplify things what holds people back I, I talk about two things like imagine swimming imagine we're treading water we're all just treading water but we've got like a ball and chain tied to our ankle or someone has a ball and chain now all of our ball and chains are different sizes Ooh. some of them could be really small so treading water keeping your head above water would be easier yeah ball and chain that stops everybody in every circumstance or situation is, is trapped emotions. And, and that's, that, that term might get thrown around a lot, but it's stories, it's, it's events that have happened. It's trauma events that have happened that have a a negative attachment. And so we can, you know, forgiveness, is a great way by forgiving someone all of a sudden we're not resenting them anymore forgiveness and it's freedom. That's, that's like our ball and chain shrinking. Um, If we have anger or frustration, which is, is ultimately someone's hurt us and we're, we, you know, we we might resent them or be frustrated. So forgiveness is one of the most powerful things. Gratitude as well. When we can look at something that um, we're not happy with. And instead of going like, like, why is this happening to me? And we can look at it and be more grateful for the experience and all the lessons that come with it. All of a sudden, that ball of train, ball and chain shrinks again. And so once that ball and chain becomes small, you, you don't even have to tread water anymore. You can like paddle to your destination. So I just see people, like people just walk past my front window now, right? And everybody has a ball and chain. Everybody. And you see people and you can sense like, are they healthy or not? And I can look at someone now and be like, you got some, you got a big ball and chain just by looking at their mm-hmm. physical appearance. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, same with athletes, same with professionals, anyone. And so to get someone to understand the, the concept, um, see the results of what happens when the ball and chain shrinks, that's what we need. I believe that's what we need. Everyone needs to be doing. It's, it's doing the work
0: for sure, man. So true. So true. Yeah. I, um, I love that metaphor too, of the ball and chain. I think that's really powerful. And one thing I always remind people of is that until you actually go after something bigger above and beyond where you are, you never actually recognize what you're carrying. You never get to know what's actually in the bag. You've got no reason to kind of open it up and take a peek inside. But as soon as you go, you know, go for that higher level, all of a sudden you become conscious of what you're carrying. You're like, Oh, it's not everything. I can't bring this all with me so true man
1: like that's it and that's why i talked about like people that some people eh, have tried to move once in their life they've felt the the weight they've felt the ball and chain and they've said i can't do it and that's their story that's mm-hmm. their story they, they just live in this limited container for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. fuck that mm-hmm. man what on yeah. earth
0: no that's it I, I feel like you're doing you're kind of, like I really believe every one of us is put here to progress the world. Like we're all here to add something above and beyond what's been done up until now. And when we neglect to go after what inspires us, we actually, we, we kind of stunt the growth of the world in some ways. That's, that's the way I see it, you know? I agree. Yeah. There you go. Like I, I really and truly believe that.
1: Um, we definitely are here to contribute to one another. I truly believe that. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And to do something above and beyond that's been done up until this point. So that's why it's so important to tap into your purpose and tap into what inspires you. That's, that's, the, that's the map to what you should be doing. I really believe that. And, and what you were saying before about how when you weren't doing what inspired you, your health deteriorated. Oh man that that just rings so true for me i have experienced something very similar not to the degree you have but i i really believe that the greatest gift we can give ourselves as far as health goes because you see people spending so much money on gym memberships and diets and all which is incredible in its own right but it's not all like man the purpose.
1: health isn't health health is a byproduct of feeling good emotionally mm. and and people search for things to make them feel good emotionally um, instead of just feeling good emotionally. I, I went to a, um, you might know Dr. Joe Dispenza and some of the people yeah. listening might know him. So I've done all of his trainings and I went to his week long retreat and us, there are a lot of unhealthy people there and I love what Dr. Joe teaches and, and he, so we meditated a lot. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a week long retreat and we were meditating up like eight hours a day. Some of the yeah. meditations were four hours long, one meditation. And there were people having spontaneous healings in front of my eyes. I remember a lady, South African lady, she was um, like blind in one eye, one meditation, her vision came back. Like explain that. Um, There were people there with like fibromyalgia that had all the pain disappear. There was a man with 50% cardiac capacity, couldn't do the walking meditations. And he just said, he felt this energy wave come through him. All of a sudden his heart just started like feeling alive again. And he was thundering up and down the beach in the morning. Uh, plus many more. We did healings where we would encircle someone and we would all put our hands into their energetic field and we would meditate, meditate. And like these people were convulsing and all of this crazy stuff and having these healings. And so what um, Dr. Joe Dispenza does is he was measuring energy fields of people. And I'll give you an example. There was someone with um, pancreatic cancer and they had their field measured and there was, it was not like a a vibrant, um, well, uh, what's the word? Like whole field. There were like gaps in it. It was like there were parts of the energy field that had dents in it. Let's call them oh. dents. And he recognized that when that same pattern with the dents, that was like a signal that the pancreas and, you know, had trauma and what he found that he would, he would see the exact same pattern in someone without pancreatic cancer. And then within the space of a few weeks or months, they would have it. And yeah. Right. So they, their energetic field had the information in it of pancreatic cancer. And then it was only a matter of time until the physical symptoms manifested. And after doing his research, he realized that the energetic field controls the physical field. Okay. So anything that happens physically, physically, first happens energetically and so what he did then he would get people to meditate so he would change their energy Mm -hmm. and once the energetic field changed the physical symptoms would change so if someone had pancreatic cancer meditate fix the energetic field and then the pancreatic cancer would disappear so what i realize is that like okay i I truly believe now energy governs everything and if you believe in like the law of attraction it's all energy. If you understand yeah. quantum physics, mm-hmm. we we as human beings can control energy. Now, what is, we, this, the whole point of this, I want to circle back, is like when I wasn't living my passion, I got unwell. My energetic field, like I felt my soul dying, was just, it was small and my physical body had the symptoms and then as soon as I was aligned again with my values, with what I wanted to do with my life, with my passion and purpose, my energetic field came back to life because I felt, good. And so for anyone that's not healthy, you can try taking any supplement, anything you want. But the truth is this, like if you are not living in alignment with your values, you're going to be unhealthy. And what can cause us to go there? There's a couple of things is like, well, I'll always talk about the limiting stories we have for ourselves. They, the limiting stories are what stop us living our passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately we fix the ball and chain the limiting stories. We start living in alignment with our values we get healthy,
0: mm-hmm. man. Uh, I love that. And Joe's, Joe Spencer's work is incredible. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> I'm so excited to go to his events. So good on you for attending those. And obviously that's shines through in your knowledge now. So that's incredible. Um, this kind of leads us onto the next question quite well. So as far as daily habits go, obviously you, are from what I've observed and and obviously coming from a military background you're still very regimented in the way you show up. Um, your daily rituals what are yep. I, it might be one or multiple daily rituals that you do not miss like it's like your oxygen is there something for you?
1: The one thing I never miss is as soon as I wake up I drink. Um, like 750 mils of alkaline water with a few drops of fulvic acid. In. That is something I never, ever miss. And then obviously I go to the toilet like any okay. good, healthy male. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that for me is crucial. Getting hydrated with good alkaline water. Okay. First thing. Yes. And I've, I just drink so much water. I've been drinking water this whole yeah um, podcast. I drink a lot of really good quality water. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing I would say don't miss. However, sometimes I do miss these things, depending if I'm traveling or circumstances. But it, I'll, like to, this morning, I meditated for an hour. And it was a, again, it was a Dr. Joe Dispenza. It was 60 minutes long, one yeah. of his meditations. So I, I meditate most days, not every day. And I've got a process which I train people in, which is the book of life. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an A five clear folder. It's like a vision board, but on steroids. And what I mean by that is, it's got your visions on there, your future you want, but it's also got pages like um, your limiting beliefs that you're destroying. So shrinking as people are reading their book of life each morning their their ball and chain is shrinking it's got their values so they know the actions they need to be taking each day to live in alignment with their values so that they can be healthy and i've recorded meditations that go with the book of life so it's 18 minutes long wake up earphones in they sit beside my bed put on the book of life meditation for the first like eight minutes it's just getting in state so getting into like a theta brainwave connecting the the mind and the heart into coherence Mm -hmm. and then going through the book and that theta brainwave is the hypnotic brainwave. So anything that we um, absorb during that time actually goes into our subconscious instead of just being a thought or an idea, it becomes part of us and we embody it. So book of life is my powerhouse tool that I use. And then like today's Sunday, it's recovery day for me. It's like meditation. It's a little bit um, more relaxing, uh, and healing as opposed to like focus and driven so mm-hmm. you know I do mix the like feminine energies of rejuvenation also with the masculine energies of like drive and focus
0: mm-hmm. love that very very powerful stuff and actually it's funny you mentioned about the water as well because I that's what really pricked my ears up to your work where you were speaking about the uh, I believe it was fluoride in water and my Who was that? Thought? That oh, one might've been a
1: while ago. It
0: was, it was, I came across the video and I was like, Whoa, this is interesting. You were talking about, and, and since that we've, we've started buying toothpaste. We've got three little kids, my wife and I, um, we're not having the fluoride in our toothpaste anymore. We're looking at getting the filters that, um, reduce that. Dude, If we- I
1: can recommend anything to anyone, get a water filter as soon as you can. Yeah. Our bodies are made of water and the water that it comes from out. I don't know about Tasmania. Maybe it's good. It's pretty but- clean. Yeah still like this is this
0: is
1: (laughs) like i'm not endorsed by this company but it's there's a company called alkaway um and it's in byron bay up here they make it it's it's not expensive it's like less than a grand and get the filter with an extra fluoride filter so it's kind of like two bits plugs into your tap and it's oh i live on water and um knowing that it's good quality. I did all my drops and I tested it all. I tested I don't know if you saw the video I tested, um like the pH levels of tap water of bottled water. No, I didn't and see that one. No. Yeah. This bad boy is, is point. the
0: genius. That's awesome, yep. man. I love that. That's really opened my mind up. And I've been talking to a few different people. One argument's been, Oh, fluoride's actually we need fluoride. Um I and I'm curious what your opinion is on that. Are we able to go down that rabbit hole quickly?
1: Yeah, the first thing I'll say is I'm not a chemist. I'm not a a fucking biologist, anything like that. This is just what I've read about and what I believe in. Yes. To dive into this more, read a book called um, Healing is Voltage. Okay, Healing is Voltage by Dr. Jerry Tennant. Uh My understanding is that fluoride um, competes for a receptor on the... I'm either going to say... I think it's the thyroid Mm -hmm. and it competes for a receptor. Don't quote me, but it competes with a receptor of, um, it's going to be one of like T3 or one of the thyroid hormones
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or, um, iodine Mm -hmm. and it competes for a receptor. So the fluoride actually fills the receptor holes. So these other hormones or, um, like, Neuropeptides cannot Bind or neurotransmitters Cannot bind in And release the hormones So that's my understanding Of it Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you, you were T- like, you, like, you actually I was going to say, gonna like say you, you get, educate gamma. Okay yeah And so exactly. that's along the lines of Calcifying the pineal gland Okay yes yes, um, As well and that's why the, the Drops I put in are all related To to this. Now I haven't read the book for probably two years. It is a very science, based like extremely science based book. So a lot of it is over the head, but read it, go through it. And, and yeah, it really blew me away. And this guy is, he's, I mean, he's a medical doctor. Um, and he's not the only one that's bringing up this information, but you know, when you read something enough and you resonate and it makes sense, um, That's when I, my belief bought into it and I stand and I stand by that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That definitely opened up a new world for me and I've been doing my own research. And so I'm, I'm absolutely, yeah. Resonating with what you're saying there, brother. So many questions I want to ask you, man, but I'm curious as far as mentors go, you've spoken about Dr. Joe Dispenza. Who else has been a standout mentor in your life and what did they teach you?
1: Yeah. So, I mean like Dr. Joe, right now is like in my book of life, he's the one there. Okay. I actually have a mentor um, who lives more local. You could call him my coach. That's mm-hmm. Jeffrey Slater. Um, I have a spirituality coach in the U S in Las Vegas who mentors me in that realm. Mm-hmm. I have a business coach as well. Uh, so I have people that I pay close to me to mentor me. Um, and I'm in regular contact. I would say Dr. Joe is more of like a hero. Tony Mm -hmm. Robbins huge hero of mine Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's been those two for a long time and now Dr. Joe has is coming in more Mm -hmm. but I mean I've always had people to learn from when I was an athlete I had a coach Mm -hmm. when I was playing football as a youngster I fucking looked up to my coach so much so I've always had a role model or mentor that I've you know, we learn through osmosis being around people. So the more I would just watch their videos, read their books and you know, you read enough and you just surround yourself with it enough. You start to embody it and and you don't just know the knowledge you, you, you live by it. Um, so yeah, Dr. Joe and Tony Robbins. I'll tell you this. When I was, when I was taking drugs, I was inspired by like hip hop artists. When I was, um, bodybuilding, I you know I won New Zealand national bodybuilding title. It yeah. was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I read all his yeah. books. I had his magazines. I watched Pumping Iron like every week. And <laughs> I moved into CrossFit, and it was like Rich Froning, the best on earth. So I would just watch his videos on repeat. And then I moved into. Um, spirituality. It mm-hmm. was the Dalai Lama. So mm-hmm. in my book of life, I've literally got it from, I've been doing it for 14 years now. I could pull old pages out and there's like the Dalai Lama and Arnold. So my mentor has changed depending on like my, my life goal Yes. right now. It's Dr. Joe. He's, he's my like
0: my inspiration. Got it. That's awesome. So I, I and this might be a little challenging to pinpoint. I it would be for myself, but I'm going to ask it anyway has there been one belief that you've developed that just it was like the penny dropped for you? Is it, is it one thing or, or realization or, uh, was it, what was that thing that like the light bulb moment in your development? Was there something like that for you?
1: Yeah. Um, my life has gone like there have been many moments where I've taken a new trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, many. <laughs> uh, so like one of the very first ones was when I was a soldier and I was in East Timor and operations and I was saving my money over there. There was nothing to spend it on. And when I was going home, I was going to buy like a really fast car. Cause that was what you do when you're yeah. 21 years old and you know, cool. and I read uh, rich dad, poor dad. And, and it taught me that, you know, you shouldn't buy a car and you should buy a house. And so I decided when I got back to New Zealand, I bought a house instead of a car. Um, Six months later, I was just, I still was a bit rebellious. I was like, I hate paperwork. I hate a mortgage. And I decided to sell my house and I made $30,000 profit. Now that was a, that was one of the defining moments in my whole entire life because you know, money is um, a fantastic resource to have for, for freedom. And if you're a good person, it just amplifies you. And so, I was able then to reinvest it in another property and have this lump of cash that any twenty twenty one 21 year old soldier would never have to to travel the world. So I spent a year just traveling the world. Um, I went to almost every continent in you know, in 12 months. And so that lesson of like, wait a minute, you're not just a dropkick kid. You you, like, you can create, if you just turned 30,000 into 60,000, it's like, you can do anything (laughs) like you read one book and that taught me like after that, I just educated myself. Okay, cool. And then I I started buying multiple properties and this is someone that was kicked out from school. And so, so that was the very first time where I jumped into like call it personal development because I realized that educating myself, I could just change any part of my life
0: I wanted. So that was one Mm. huge aha moment. Love that man. That is very powerful. And good on you for reading. So you read that book on deployment.
1: Yeah. And I didn't, I was uh, the guy who gave it to me. I, I didn't really like look up to him or anything. Okay, so yes. he's like, Oh, you should read this. And I was like, uh oh, but there's nothing else to do. So I was like, yeah. okay. And I read it and I fucking, it's so simple and well-written that I, I smashed the first book, did that. I've read rich dad, poor dad Two, rich dad, poor dad, Guide to investing. I went through the whole lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I wasn't even meant to read it. And that guy coming and giving it to me is like, that's like, I believe in something greater than us and Mm -hmm. that's a perfect example of it. You know what I mean?
0: For sure. I I totally resonate with that. Uh, John, we've got to wrap this up. Uh, We're going to want to be respectful of your time, but I'm curious. If, if I could wave a magic wand and, you know, fast forward a bunch of years, and all the stars align for you as far as your work and what you're putting out into the world, what is the impact you want to see through everything you're doing and what would be the ultimate outcome through the the work you're doing?
1: The ultimate outcome, this might sound a bit backwards, but this is where I am right now. The ultimate outcome is to be aligned with all of my decisions. And so for a long period of my life, I was like, I want this outcome and I would force it and I would get it, but it came from force and okay. not alignment, right? So imagine you're sitting in a kayak and and you're on the edge of a river and you know where you want to go. You're like, I want to go across to the tree on the other side and underneath the water is the rudder mm. and the rudder, think of it like your life values, your purpose. Mm. My rudder was like pointing in a different direction. Like that's where we really, Want to go consciously, you want to go over there, but your rudder's pointing this way. And so, when I paddled, it was like my kayak was turning and I was just fighting, fighting, fighting to get over the lake to the tree. And so, that's what's that's how life's been for me up until you know recently. And so, wave the magic wand, I want to come back to center, I want to really be aligned. The impact I want to have is it hits so many levels, but raising the consciousness of the planet. Um, I want to be able to be the father. Like I don't have kids yet, but be a father for my kids that my father was for me. Mm -hmm. I want to impact you. I want to impact your listeners. Um, wherever they're at in their journey, whether it's getting off the couch or, you know, becoming a, a world-class athlete, but I, it must be done through being me. And if that's not my journey, then I'm going to, um, I'm just, I have to stick to what's true because I believe that that's where I'll be the most fulfilled and in turn, be able to inspire the most other people.
0: Mm. Oh, that's, a, that's such a powerful answer. I love that. And uh, that, that kind of, free flowingness, but still that you're still on purpose. Like that's a beautiful balance to strike. And I think a lot of people, uh, unfortunately don't let themselves experience that. So, so powerful, man. One last question for you, John, actually, I'm going to ask you this before I ask this question, what is the best place for people to connect with you? Because you know, you, you run events around the place. You're the founder of amplify your growth. Um, what's the best place you want people to connect with you ideally?
1: Super simple, man. Yeah. John Templeton Official. Okay, John Templeton Official is my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube, my website, uh, my LinkedIn. You search John Templeton Official on any of those platforms. I'll come up. Um, but yeah, follow follow on Instagram. And I'm, I'm pretty active in there with my stories. Um, just secretly between you and I, I'm about to launch a uh, podcast as well, which is the Amplify podcast for high-performance hey, living. What? So, what that's coming out soon, but yeah, please, please connect. Um, and, and literally connect. Don't just follow, like reach out. Where are you yeah. at? would love to hear.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I, yeah. Following your journey on Instagram, you, you seem to be putting out so much content. Every time I'm on there, there's a, there's a new video from you. They're high quality, mega impact, high information. Um, I always get incredible value every single time. Um, you're one of the people Um, usually the guests I I have on here, they're people who I really resonate with and and you're definitely one of the people whose videos when I see them pop up, I just have to kind of make the time to sit down and watch it beginning to end because you always deliver man. So thank you for the value you continually put out into the world man. It's it, you know, the way I see it, John is the work you're doing is literally creating the future that my kids are going to grow up in and potentially one day your kids as well. Um, uh, And I really feel that you showing up the way you do. Uh, authentically and living by your truth is the greatest gift we can, we can give to other people now and into the future. So man, thank you so much for the way you show up and the work you do.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. And to anyone listening, thank you for putting up with me for the last hour. If you've made it this far. Um, Yeah. Like we're all in this together and let's just keep supporting each other to make this
0: world a better place. Oh man. Absolutely. I've got one last question. I want to throw at you, John
1: hit it, hit
0: it. So I want, to, want you to imagine, and this might kind of, kind of be in line with what you mentioned before, um, but I want you to imagine that you got access to the controls of Facebook or Instagram or the biggest social media platforms in the world for two minutes
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you were able to send a message out to the world mm-hmm. right now in this particular time, you know, obviously we're going through the Corona. Oh
1: yeah, this, this changes it. Yeah. Um, what would you say? you know what, bro? I would just post a video. There's a video that I watched recently. And look, I don't want to dive into conspiracy theories, but you know, the, the pandemic that's going on, I mean, can we say the word, the virus that's spreading is like, I believe it's a smokescreen for some really, um, there is still evil in this world. And, and, you know, it's, we can be ignorant to the fact that it's there, but right now as a smoke screen, there's, there's some really big things going on at the highest level of the world. Um, you know, I can, if you're into, it, I can send you this video personally, Please privately afterwards, but it's three hours long and it, it, it dives into that. And it's, that's what I would share. And I would say, look, take this with a grain of salt. But if you feel like, you know, humanity is being repressed, like things are, I don't want to say not fair, but, we're being controlled. We're being squeezed. We're being monitored. Our freedom's being taken away. It's like, well, that, that feeling is, is true. Trust that feeling. And you know, here's the evidence of it. And here's if you choose to, you know, have a look at this and here's what you can do to be a part of the solution
0: wow man you left me hanging <laughs> <laughs> no, John look that's that's fascinating uh I love your perspective and how you always you've you've got the mindset that's bigger than your current reality and you look beyond what's just happening right now you see the bigger picture which uh I totally resonate with uh man just wanted to again thank you so much for your time thank you for the impact you're having and just thanks for making the time to jump on here with me today
1: Thank you um, endlessly, man. What you're doing is helping me. Uh, So thank you for playing your part in humanity.
0: There you have it, my friends. I hope you got incredible value from today's interview. Be sure to follow the work that our incredible guest today is doing. Okay, get amongst it, guys. They are up to big things. Before we wrap up, guys, I want to take a minute to acknowledge you. Sincerely, I want you to feel this. I I acknowledge you for being someone who values their life enough to invest the time to listen to this audio. I want you to get the most value out of this, so again, be sure to to apply what you learn. Be sure to share what you learned with other people. Share this interview out with the people you care about. You know, a few years back, I, I used to immerse myself in listening to podcasts. I used to listen to three, four podcasts a day as I was working a job that wasn't necessarily that inspiring to me, but I did it. And it's a dream come true for me to be here interviewing people nowadays. And you, having you here supports me and my dreams. So that's why I'm really so grateful for you being here. Uh, and I want to support you even further. I want to give you the opportunity, again, head over to imnashmackie.com. I want you to be part of our, our next guest interviews coming up. I want to be you to be part of our community. So head over to imnashmackie.com, subscribe. Also claim your free one-on-one strategy session. I'm really so excited to connect with you and help you build a powerful identity. Guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. I look forward to bringing you another incredible guest interview. Thank you for joining me for the Thoughts on Purpose podcast.